everybody's got different challenges. Some people have student loans, some people have mortgages, some people have rent to pay. How are all of us going to deal with these challenges? So I spend time thinking about self-actualization. You know, what do I need and what do I want? I started thinking about, well, how can I bring industry, education, entrepreneurship, and all these things together so that I have a leg up because I do all those things. to Success at Scale with Triple G Ventures. I am here with my good friend, Clint. We met back at Berkeley many moons ago, and uh, now we're here together hanging out, talking Berkeley life, uh, success at scale. Here we are. So, Clint, without further ado, tell us about you. Oh, Greg, where do I start? Should I tell them all the good stuff about you and me or just me? Uh, so thanks, thanks for being here uh, and, and inviting me to be here with you. I'm, I'm humbled and honored to be here, Greg. You've been an inspiration uh, with all the work you did with starting at Harvard. I was doing my MBA as well. Um, you know, followed our dreams and paths. And now I feel like I'm an entrepreneur, an educator, a musician, or a business guy, an innovator. I, I'm just improvising. You know, I think uh, music school especially Berkeley, provided me with a jazz and pop background, provided me the opportunity to just uh, be able to be nimble and improvise as I go along. So I've been working on various in initiatives uh, right now. I'm working with, between the Middle East and India. It's been a fantastic journey, and I, I'm blessed for that. So let me ask you, Clint. You are now Berkeley College of Music Senior Managing Director, Global Engagement, Middle East, and India. Oh, my goodness. That's quite a title. Well, what does that mean? What are you doing these days? What are you up to? You know, I've been there. Are, Berkeley's grown so much. Berkeley started as this little school uh, that was on Mass Ave. It could have been anywhere in the world with these fantastic musicians coming from all over the place. And it, you know, kind of became this mecca this ecosystem that musicians could come. It's like a buffet. You know, you come there and you can, you can choose what you want to eat. But if you come thinking you're only going to get Chinese food, you're not. You're going to get Indian food and some Italian and, you know, everything in between, some Ethiopian food for all I care. It's, it's all good stuff. It's just a matter of understanding the carbs and understanding the nutritious food. If you go and eat all the carbs first, you're going to be full and leave and not get full value of what you paid for. So with music, you know, I think it's so important to understand uh, where, where everything is, where the music began, learn from the history, the present and the future and look towards the future. Uh, and I see Berkeley, I've seen Berkeley grow tremendously from uh, the Valencia campus, which uh, is in Valencia, Spain to uh, now having a center in Abu Dhabi, uh, the Berkeley India Exchange. We have over 400 strategic partners uh, internationally. And, uh, you know, students are coming from 
over 109 countries, I believe. It's a pretty, pretty solid global space, and it happens to be in Boston. And under the leadership of President Roger Brown, the, the school has gone, uh, gotten to be one of the most prestigious preeminent schools of music in the world. So I'm fortunate to have um, uh, this opportunity to work with young people from especially uh, the Indian uh, markets, uh, the Indian diaspora, uh, and now the Middle East, because there's so much hidden talent. I started working with Berkeley City Music, which was a program to reach uh, young people in underserved communities. And we built uh, over uh, 48 sites in a year. Um, it started in 1993, but developed tremendously. And now we have partners like Stax Academy in um, Memphis, Tipitina's Foundation in New Orleans. Uh, we had a place called Home in um, LA, um, South Central LA. So talented young people are coming through this program to Boston. And if they do well, they could get a full tuition scholarship to go to Berkeley. So I've had this opportunity to work with all these young people and these kind of like in startup mode. It's crazy. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned to me this this awesome phrase, uh, we all choose our own path. And when I hear you say we all choose our own path, I think back to this young Clint dude that I met at Berkeley, you know, 20 something years ago, uh, who was this young guy who was hungry. He was aggressive. He wanted to prove himself. He wanted to prove what he was capable of. And, and my God, what a talented guy. And here we are 20-something years later talking about Clint, talking about the impact of Berkeley that he has done. Uh, I mean, we all choose our own path. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know what? I've, Greg, thank you so much. I mean, honestly, what I've realized, and, and you know, with aging, you get some wisdom some, sometimes. Um, and I've realized the harder you work, the luckier you get. So, you know, it's not about uh, just, you know, the people, uh, it's not about the people you know, but who knows you. And so I had talked to Derek Sivers, who started CD Baby a few years ago, and I said to him, hey, Derek, how come you're so successful? What do you do? And he said, Clint, I got other people to talk about me. So I think, you know, creating a buzz where you can add value, finding your path. I, I talk to a lot of young people every day, whether they're writing songs or following their own dreams and passions, and you have to find your own sound. What is your sound? What is the value that you bring to a situation, whether you're in business or in politics or you're a musician or an entrepreneur? What is that differentiating factor that you bring to the table? And I had to find my own differentiating factor. Let, let me ask you this. Doesn't that tie back to this thing called creativity that, that runs through music? Creativity runs through business. It runs through politics. You, you have to be a creative individual. And, and that's something that, I always, that struck me about you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I realized that I thought, you know, when I was younger, I'd be a musician and I'm so creative. Oh my God, you know, I love this. This, this drives me. Uh, I wanted to sit at night and just play and sequence music and forget about parties and girls and all that stuff. It was more about like, let's make music. This is my drive. This is my jam. 
But as I got older, and then I worked with the American Federation of Musicians after graduating from Berkeley, uh, because I had to get a green card. And I was like, you know, what do I do? Do I, I saw ads for paying $60,000 to work at BMW as a car salesman. Oh, go out, do I still follow my musical dream? And I went to work with the American Federation of Musicians. And I said to them, you know what? You have to pay me to come and work. I'm not going to come and do a free internship. I was that crazy. Um, and they, they said yes. And so I started working there. And I realized, wow, I love this business thing too. This business thing is really creative. Like you can, you know, uh, I was a booking agent and, and I'd get calls for a bar mitzvah or a, a wedding. And uh, what I realized was the bride sometimes or the grooms, they did not know what they wanted. So I'd sell them what I had. Like if I didn't have a Chinese musician, I'd sell them a steel drum player, tell them, hey, you know, this would be so cool for your wedding to be very different than all the other GB bands that play at weddings. And sometimes they'd go for it. So I felt that I was being creative there and working with them, um, you know, to kind of build the, the ideal wedding that they wanted. I worked with Ralph Nelly events. So then I decided to go do an MBA because I wanted to work on that creativity, work on the entrepreneurship, understand assets and liabilities, you know, because we were musicians who was thinking about accounting. Um, and that's what opened my mind to think about, you know, how can you create opportunity? And you, once you get, you're doing it, you get good at it. It's that gut feeling, right? We say a gut feeling. It's actually a repository of information that stays with you like, like a hard drive. And you go to it when you need information uh, uh, which is relevant to whatever's going on at that time. So I keep like this hard drive, you know, I have to sometimes go and fine tune it, but uh, that's where the information is. You talk about culture, about teams, about, you know, bringing people together. I mean, you are a global citizen. So let me ask you, uh, what do you think the future of work looks like, teams, culture, and how does it impact business growth? I think it's, it's um, um, culture is so important. Right now, there are opportunities everywhere. But if, if you're only going to try and grow, you know, mangoes in your backyard and there's no, you know, there's no fertilizers for mangoes or the weather's not right, you got to go somewhere else. You can't keep trying to grow mangoes in your backyard. So I think there's such an, a big opportunity between Hollywood and Bollywood. Bollywood's making more movies than Hollywood. So I try to be ahead of the trend and go there early to be able to bring those artists, bring those musicians, create the cross-pollination. And, you know, honestly, it's like, it's like studying in school. If you're afraid to get an F, you can't get an A. If you don't play the lottery, you're not going to win. You have to play. Exactly. So... If you go and you want to understand these cultures, I think it's very important to do some research or partner with somebody who's from that culture and then learn how things work, learn the nuances of how they operate, how do they bargain, what is their kind of approach to whether it's music or business. And you realize that actually over a period of time, you could do really well because you now created another opportunity or a pool of information 
that you can go to when you need it. And so, for example, you know, I talk to musicians all the time uh, or people who are trying to get ahead in their career. And uh, during COVID, a lot of musicians are stuck at home thinking about, oh my God, I don't have a gig. What do I do? Well, there are gigs. It's just that if you're not looking in the right places, they're not going to show up, right? Are you looking in the right places? So you can't look at clubs anymore. You start looking at places like content creators. For example, a company like Facebook, they are creating content. They're creating a catalog of, of music and, and content media, digital media, and building communities around it and monetizing those communities. So if you're a musician, you could go, or you're a tech guy, use technology and, and music and work with VR and AI. And, you know, the next, the future of concerts will poss- possibly be at some point uh, having holograms or beautiful holograms. Like you can have Whitney Houston play in your house or Michael Jackson and they're gone, you know, or um, Ed Sheeran. Uh, he can't be everywhere, but he can send the hologram. And it's you can explain- you talk about that. It's like on one side, that's a that's a negative. If you look historically on the other side, that's a real positive. Like, you know, hey, wow, an artist can now be everywhere all the time. So it's like you see this with technology a lot. How do you look at technology as playing a role in the world of music and the world of content in the world of business? Well, I think you have to you know how I look at it in business like BMW. BMW created this amazing premier brand. Then the brand, they realized, wow, there's a, there's a sub-market here, you know, uh, of like maybe we create the, the three series for people who can't afford that seven series. Um, and, and that's a whole, you know, new audience. And then now they're creating the one series. Would I buy a one a X1 BMW? Maybe not, I'd buy the loaded Honda, right? So for people who want to be in that BMW space and tell their friends to have bragging rights that I own a BMW, they'd buy that X1 series. The same way with music, you know, in, in, if everyone cannot go to a Taylor Swift concert in uh, Nigeria, they're going to say, you know what? If I can get the hologram concert for now, I see, you know, Taylor or Michael you know, doing his thing, that's great for me. Um, and that is at a cheaper price. So it's affordable. So it's like when cassettes uh, were in play and people start recording on cassettes or CD, uh, you could record on a CD, people got afraid and said, oh my God, they're going to pirate this stuff. And then, you know, I'm going to lose so much revenue. But actually there's opportunity. You you can't fight technology, you got to embrace it. And I think uh, looking at it as opportunity helps you be very positive in your thinking and look at the ways that you can take advantage of the change. You have spent your life surrounded by some of the most influential, top, talented people in the world. Uh, You have worked with uh, everyone I can think of. I, I've seen so many pictures with you with selfies with Quincy Jones or, you know, uh, Deepak Chopra or whoever. Like, it's just everybody, okay? 
what is your secret to maintaining and building relationships with these people? And what have you learned from them? I think that's a very good question. I think the, the starting point to anything that we do in life is about relationships. And I think relationships have been tested now during this time where people don't have the opportunity to physically be with somebody else. And they've got to manage that through Zoom and you know, but, but we need to hug people. We need to touch people. We need to talk to them face-to-face, uh, not through digital mediums, you know. So um, I realized that these relationships are friendships that and it's friend raising. You know, you work on it for years and there will be that point where you go there and you always try to add value. Don't try to go to a relationship to take advantage of the relationship. I've always gone to say, hey, what, how can I help you? Um, I've got this idea. What do you think of it? For example, with Deepak Chopra, funny you mentioned his name. Uh, he was doing an event called Sages and Scientists uh, at the Chopra, uh, through the Chopra Foundation in San Diego. But this event was in Beverly Hills. So I was talking with him and I said to him, I said, Deepak, you need some great music for this. I've got the right ensemble for you. So we took a Berkeley ensemble out there and we opened his meditation. His, he, he was silent for a period of time and we opened the meditation session with the music. And it changed uh, the way he's thought about what we do. And now we've been working together on various projects or prospective projects uh, it's led to a, a fantastic relationship, but I didn't go there and say, Hey, Deepak, I need you to do this for me. And uh, can you, and he would have been sorry, who are you? <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, it's, it's been, it's, it's, it's just being true to who you are and having a genuine way, because all these smart people, they've been around many clowns. So, you know, if you're not the clown in the room, then you're doing all right. I think Berkeley said it best, you know, the, the tagline, as I recall it, is to be rather than to seem. Uh, that is something that I have onboarded and lived with in everything I do. Uh, same in the world of, of business, you know, and, and fundraising and all of this. I was on a pitch this morning doing some fundraising. And, uh, you know, I, it's just me, man. You know, there's no there's no show, right? To be rather than to seem. To me, that that's it means yeah. so much. And I think you have to be willing to make the right mistakes. You know, you're going to go to a situation and it might not always go the way you wanted it to go. But be willing to go and say, you know what? I went for the A. Uh, maybe this was not the A, but I'll, I'll get the A the next time, you know. Um, I'm not afraid of that F. Uh, failure doesn't exist for me. Life is 80-20. 80% will be amazing, 20%. I'll screw it up. But I always know I'll score runs. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to a baseball game and score runs no matter what happens. Maybe sometimes more, sometimes less. But I don't go away with a feeling of, you know, I sucked. I didn't do anything or, um, you know. And, and, and I think that the good part, building a network of people around you. I'm just as good as my Rolodex, honestly, Greg. People call me because... They want to meet somebody else. They don't necessarily want to meet me. And, and that's, that's good. That's great. You know, I'm like this telephone back in the day where people dial into the, the hub 
and then have to be connected to somebody else you know and uh, and uh, and and you have to be comfortable with that role you're you know? an incredible facilitator that's i mean you you really are and and you have been but let me ask you you go back to to berkeley you know i remember watching these kind of conversations at berkeley and saying oh i don't know these people you know how did they do all this they've worked with all these people they've done all these things how did they get there you know uh, what what are what are the steps they took to get there and it's always unclear it just seems like they magically appeared but you know as well as i do it's hard work you got to you got to put in the sweat equity right i said you have to work hard to be lucky right so it's preparation and opportunity leads to luck if you the opportunity is there every day the question is are you prepared for that opportunity sometimes i felt like oh my god i should have done this gig or i should have done this and then a few years later i realized like you know actually i was not really prepared for that i thought i was but i wasn't um uh, what i've realized also from business is a smart thing that some people do that have been successful is they surround themselves like with a board of directors for example a advisory board um mentors uh, or and it's even artists do this smart artists they do this because when they have a group of smart people who really care about their best interest they come in with some some kind of equity um um they they invested in the artists they come with their network of people and they help that artist build their brand and their voice and sound just like a company but if the artist is not ready for all that and they think oh you know i'm the cool stuff and i know everything they're not going to get that so you have to open yourself to it and i i really think humility is a huge part of that um and then people want to work with you if you're a cool person the cooler you are the easier you are to get along people want to work with you and i think you know what goes up must come down so you know uh those people will be there when you're going down so you you know try and be there when when with them when you're going up well one of those things means reinvention i mean aren't you talking about reinvention absolutely i mean you know everyone goes through phases it's a period of time where you have a certain sound or a certain stick and then the market changes you got to reinvent to be relevant in that market and once you you should not be that person that people spoke about you should be that person that people are speaking about and know that there's more to come and reinventing yourself is such a huge piece of it because we all get complacent we all think oh you know i've arrived and then i was talking to a friend of mine uh, who was telling me you know she felt she arrived when Beyonce called out her name at Madison when uh, Madison Square Garden and said thank you for writing that song for me. Mm. So well that's great but then uh, you're only as good as your last gig right what happens after those songs are done. So we have to continue to reinvent ourselves continue to think about how we can learn from the young people who are very in tune with what's happening now. My my deal with my daughter is every time we sit in the car she has to play me the music that she listens to cuz that's the only way i learn about all this cool stuff that i don't know about and i'm like how do you know about all this stuff so it's just the way it is so you talk about family 
you work hard, you play hard. Uh, you're just going for it. Talk about balance. Well, that's, you know, I don't know if I'm the right person to talk about this because, uh, Why is yeah, that? Why is that? Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm the new balance, you know, the new balance is what, what, because you're on the, on the mass pike or what, what's, what's happening here? I'm thinking New Balance, the Mass Bike. I'm overfeeding. I've got these great kicks that allow me to do that. But, you know, the reality of it is there's no substitute for being around. And so COVID has given me a new um, kind of opportunity uh, to think about how I balance my life, my work, my family. Because there's no sense, you know, your children learning about what you did, but you were never there for them. So um, I think spending time with my, my, my child, growing up together, um, talking about fun stuff, talking about, you know, I've, I've tried to actually connect with artists that interest her so that she gets interested in my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she can give me some input as to how I can make it better. Um, you know, I'm doing, um, I'm doing a project uh, that I can't uh, really disclose yet, but um, I think that I could get something going on with an Ed Sharon, um, and I told my daughter about it, but I uh, I knew that she would get excited about it. So uh, those are the kind of things that I try and bring into the home because then my family gets excited about the project because that interests them. I mean, so much of it is about presence, though. You know, it's like, it's like what you're talking about is you're present in building relationships. You're present in building business and Berkeley and all of this. And you're present with your, your family. Uh, that is what balance kind of means these days is your presence. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, each of us has our own, uh, kind of goals in life, but also challenges in life. And uh, when you're able to kind of balance that goal challenge and make it like actually fun, it's cool. You know, at the end of the day, you realize, okay, what do I need and what do I want? And you break those two down and it becomes, make life simpler. You know, well, let's talk about the challenge for a second. Let's talk about, you know, in a lot of these things, uh, everyone talks about, you know, all the positives and the happies and all of that stuff. Let's talk about a time you had a challenge or a problem that you ran into that was kind of insurmountable and you couldn't overcome. What did you do to overcome that challenge? I go to my wife. She she controls how things work. And I know I'm always going to get an answer that works for her first. Smart man. And then works for me. So, you know, I've had, uh, you know, for example, when COVID happened, right, I was really concerned about what was going to happen with work, with the industry, Uh, thinking about not only myself, but my colleagues. You know, I have so many great colleagues of such smart people. And everybody's got different challenges. Some people have student loans. Some people have mortgages. Some people have rent to pay. Um, How are all of us going to deal with these challenges. And some of my friends have lost jobs. And so I started thinking about, well, how can I bring industry, education, entrepreneurship, and all these things together 
So then I have a leg up because I do all those things. Right. And uh, I've been able to connect with some amazing people recently. And I've got some projects that are, you know, beyond the scope of what I've done in the past. But they excite me so much that they're going to be challenging. But that's the excitement. That's the adrenaline rush. You know, we all want to rush. Back in the day, all, all of those rock bands were getting their rush different ways. But we don't have that luxury of getting the rock. Uh, you know, I have to still uh, account to my wife about what I do. So uh, I can't get high and crazy. So, uh, so you know, I've, I've been able to, fortunately, towards, I feel like, you know, COVID's, we've got a little grip on what's going to happen. We have a better understanding. Uh, we just got to be protect protect ourselves and be healthy, and that is the most important priority right now. If you're not healthy, no matter what job you have or whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. Right. So uh, I don't know if I really answered your question, but COVID was the biggest challenge I faced in my life. Another time, I had a, a crazy challenge, which I'll share with you. Was I was my I lost my mother in 2001. And I was going home for her funeral. I just got a call living here. It was devastating. So I went home, uh, go through, uh, you know, the funeral and all that stuff. I'm on my way back. And at that time, you know, we were young, dumb, and didn't have too much cash. So I'm on my way back, had the longest flight to come back to Boston. And um, I had a stopover in Amsterdam. So I stopped over in Amsterdam. and. Um, it was an eight-hour stopover, and I had only track pants and a T-shirt, and no money, no cash, no credit cards. So suddenly, we get on the plane. We're on our way to Boston, and they tell us the pilot says, uh, "We got to turn the plane around. We've got engine trouble." So everyone's freaking out in the plane. I had this guy at the side of me, and you know he's 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 freaking out. And they start letting out the fuel out of the plane over the water. And you can see it gushing out because it's too heavy to land because they had fuel to go all the way to Boston, right? Wow. So they go and land into Amsterdam. And when we landed, they tell us four planes have been hijacked in New York. And September 11th was happening. September 11th. And we are freaking out. So uh, they're like 7,000 people are stranded. And uh, we have no place. It's an act of God. We can't do anything. Airline... Yoni on. My PR skills are working as a musician and, and uh, in business came into play. And I talked to a flight attendant about getting me a room. And she said, Clint, I, I can't do that, but I'll help you, sir. And she got me a room in a hotel. So I helped this other guy who was with me in the plane. I told him, why don't you come stay with me? And I don't know this guy. Now, mind you, I was an Indian citizen at the time, so I didn't have, I had an Indian passport, so I had to get stamped to get into Amsterdam. So everyone's fighting to get out of the airport, getting their, you know, their stamp on their passport that they were on that flight. By the way, I'm in this hotel with this guy. He's got like five bags. At that time, there were no restrictions on number of bags. They lost my bags. So the next morning, the, 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 the manager comes to me and says, sir, you have to leave the hotel because, you know, somebody else has paid for your stay. We can't accommodate you. So I'm thinking about what do I do? And there was a, you know, a little prayer service for the folks who were lost in New York. And uh, I see a piano there. 
So I go and start playing piano because I'd played in hotels for years as a piano player. Uh, so I start playing all these Elton John tunes and, you know, all the real book tunes and Billy Joel songs and all. And people started collecting and they were like, wow, this is so great at this time. So the manager comes to me and he's like, if you play like that, you can stay at the hotel. We'll give you dinner and lunch, uh, dinner and breakfast, but uh, you don't have to pay. And so I started staying at the hotel and I, I told him I had this guy with me. So he stayed too. And we stayed. And then, you know, I, I got in touch with a guy from um, KLM to get out of the country because the airspace, I wanted to go back to India, but the airspace was closed between uh, America and India uh, because America had gone to Afghanistan. I couldn't come back into America because the you know, airspace was closed here. But that's the kind of craziness that you take a crazy you know, situation, a challenge, and turn it into an opportunity. So I came back to the US and I said, take me anywhere in the US. I'll get on a Greyhound and I'm on, on the Hudson River line. I'm in a New York state of mind. So, you know. Oh, well done, man. Well, so, I got to tell you, it is just such a pleasure talking to you, Clint. I have one more question for you, which is this. At Triple G, we think in a practical sense. We are focused on delivering results and delivering real-world results. Mm -hmm. So thinking practically to someone listening to this, what would you recommend to them if they're struggling right now, they're building their personal brand, they're reinventing themselves? You know, what advice, practical advice, would you give to someone listening to this podcast right now? I would tell them to take some time. Most of us don't have or never made the time to really self-actualize sit down really by yourself. And you really have to do this. You have to want it so bad and really believe in it that get the universe to help you achieve it. Um, and you have to hone in on what your sound is or what your voice is telling you that you have that super differentiating factor. So for example, if you are, you know, you were, thinking that you were a phenomenal musician playing gigs and there are no gigs right now, I would take this time to try and write, write a song because content is king. Content is used in car commercials. Content is used in Tesla to get sounds uh, for a car. Uh, content is used everywhere. So I would spend time actually trying out different things that you've not done before. And you might find out that you have some really super skills someplace else uh, rather than you're not changing your, your career track. You're just changing how you do it. And that will lead to more residual work, possibly uh, IP. Uh, there are so many different ways that using technology, uh, you know, there are, there are music therapists, you know, go work as a music therapist, go to a nursing home. Uh, there are places where people need this kind of uh, uh, of activity uh, and love and empathy. And so that's, you know, at Triple G, I mean, Greg, the kind of work you're doing is phenomenal. And the kind, and talk about networking. You're the guru, man. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, uh, I would say connect with somebody like Greg. Who, who is a CEO who's, who can help your business. If your business is not doing well, 
they should people should reach out to somebody like you who could help them think creatively about how they can apply uh, today's problem to tomorrow's opportunity, you know, and that's uh, been, been, you know, I've had results just taking some time to pause for humanity, pause and think, and then good things come along. Even before a meeting, I pause and just prepare that way. Otherwise, I'm just thinking about too many random things. And, you know, just focusing on honing in on what you can do, prepare yourself and the opportunities will come and that brings luck. And that's been my motto. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm so glad to work with people like you, Greg, and uh, friends like you. Likewise. Likewise. And, uh, you know, I tell a lot of the people I work with, not everyone needs to pay me, but the blessings that they give me have helped me grow tremendously. On that note, Clint, it has been an honor and a privilege to speak with you today. Uh, quite frankly, a moment of zen for me personally, and I've really enjoyed it. I always love it. You are just a, a wonderful human being doing great things. Continue to pause for humanity and make your impact. Make it big. Make it count. Uh, get an A, not, not an F. Get an A every time and keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you so much. Congratulations to you and uh, speak with you soon. Be well. Right. Banging those drums, man. You make some amazing sounds. So thank you. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye.